Welcome everyone to episode 44 of the Bodybuilding Down Under podcast. Thanks for joining us today and you're joined by your regular hosts, myself, Lawrence, DY and DC. So we're going to kick this off straight away, get into the Q&A and we'll start off with a, an interesting one. This one says, do any of you have plans of making it a goal to enter into the Olympia? So the individual just said Olympia. So I don't know if that's the natural Olympia or the, or the IFBB NPC Olympia. So um, I'm assuming, of course, it's the, um, is the uh, Joe Wider's Olympia as opposed to the natural one. Joe Wider? Uh, you mean Joe Weider? Joe Weider. Well, I mean, that's my pronunciation. I got is that it. The same like category as legumes. Yeah. And Zarafas too. <laughs> Zarafas, yeah, yeah. Nice. As much as I'd love to go to the Olympia, I just don't think it'd be possible. Even if you were to jump on the enhanced side, like the genetics you would need to have to make it to the top. What you now they've made it even harder. You can't even qualify on points. You need to pretty much win like a pro show. So it'd be even so much harder. And I don't think I would probably have the genetic capabilities of that as much as I would want to. I would love to go to the Olympia, but I don't think as a natural right now, um, down the line, I'd probably be able to make that jump. I mean, you could go to the Olympia, just not as a competitor. Yeah, well, technically, I can go to the natural Olympia probably anyway, but um, I don't know how I'll go. I mean, Lawrence has the genetics, I think. I mean, that's self-imposed by him, but that's a given. Well, he rated himself a 9 out of 10. So, like, you know, yeah, add the magic juice, and then he'll be at the at the O. Surely that's enough to crack him a, a pro win. 100%. No. Well, I was going to say that same thing. I think the only way... I'm getting to the uh, the Olympia is maybe as a spectator or a volunteer, <laughs> or as a physio. Oh, maybe. Yeah, of, maybe as a physio, just deal with lines those... fibers prior to them getting on stage. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Maybe just deal with all the you know tennis elbow and um, sore knees and that sort of thing. Do you even think though, like even if you were to jump on the enhanced side, you would have the genetics to go to the Olympia? I don't think so. No, I f- I feel like Jack would probably have some like the genetics to make it to maybe like classic i could I don't see think I could like enough, it, to be honest yeah it would take a lot but i just can't see my genetics taking me there i don't know <laughs> i think dc could mm. although he's I a bit too old now yeah he's done <laughs> get him in the masters <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 30 years old i think i do qualify what for masters i like Masters is 30 plus, I believe. Well, Masters at the Olympia, surely, because they're the early life it out. expectancy. Yeah. They're actually, they're <laughs> the life expectancy. <laughs> Jack's so grim. He'd be the only one up there. How funny. Yeah, that's that's the thing. If you outlive them all, then you can compete in the 60s, the 60 plus and take the dub. Mm, there you go. Um, look, yeah, I think the likeliness of me ever making an Olympia is, is next to zero, honestly. Um, I mean, that, that being said, I'd love to do like the, the classic physique in the IFBB as a natty, just to, just to sort of have a crack. And I mean, I'm sure I'll be up against monsters, but I think it'd be a lot of fun. I love their posing and everything. And I like, I love the Federation as well. So, um, but not to say anything would, you know, substantial may come out of that. It's more just, just an opportunity to, to jump on stage really. Uh, and I think if you love the sport enough, like you'll, you'll compete because you love it. Right. I mean, that's one thing that, um, Alberto Nunez says he competed in a, in a, in a non-tested show as a natty. And I think he copped a bit of flack for it. Cause it's like, you know, why would you bother competing as a natty in a, in a tested federation? And he's like, well, 
you know, if you're a baseball player and you just love it, like you don't care where, who you play with or where you play it or anything like that. Right. So mm. yeah. But, but again, not to say that that's for the intention of making the Olympia or anything like that. It'd basically just be to play ball <laughs> really. But yes, no, the likeliness of, of making an Olympia pretty damn, pretty damn low. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, have there been any naturals at the Olympia? I mean, there have been Ronnie, Ronnie. Yeah, totally. I wouldn't say probably in the last 40, 50 years, maybe you might have like a bikini athlete, I think, but I think all the other divisions are probably a bit too far out now to the point where you can achieve anything else naturally. What's, yeah. I mean, what's the definition for natural, like less than a gram a week. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's probably most people's definition of natural these days. To be honest, even it if you're probably, if you were probably even running that, I don't even think you could make the, uh, the O stages and open, especially. Yeah, no. I, I think know. I know of three three athletes off offhand that have that have won an IFBB Pro card as as a natty. And that's like Pete Hartwick. Uh, I think Bob that's Waterhouse. also Iron Lord as well. Um, mm, yeah. Reno Mackey. I think that's how. I, I, yeah, I have just botched his name, but um, yeah, he he was a an athlete with um with BK with Brandon, and Kendall. I think there was also Bob, wasn't it? Bob Bob. Mm. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Waterhouse. Oh, Waterhouse. Yeah. Waterhouse. Waterhouse. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, you got the one. You, you got, got the one as well. You forgot Bubba He won an open card, I believe, which oh, is yeah, even true. more there impressive. You go. Number four. Yeah, opens bodybuilding, like traditional bodybuilding, not classic. So that's probably yeah, four athletes. I, I think have, have mm. won like an IFBB Pro card, which is pretty. Oh, if you count Kendall. Oh, that's right. He won it recently, didn't he? There you go. Handful. It was um that other think. guy on on yeah. Him. Uh, from Natty News, his uh, his Instagram handle is X-rated, so you can't say it out loud on a podcast. But <laughs> you guys, guys know him. it's it's combined Arnold Schwarzenegger with something else. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Jack, say it. Go on. If you if you know what it is, I might get kicked uh, off the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know, honestly know what you're talking about. So you're gonna need to say it so that I can reference. That is a rogue username. That's crazy. Nah, yeah, so that would make six. I really can't see anyone else though. Didn't Ronnie actually get it naturally though? Like jokes. So called naturally, so called, but I don't know how natural natural is. Maybe so like Lee, that's like Lee Priest even at like seventeen. Apparently, I think sixteen, seventeen was natural, and he looks he looked absolutely phenomenal at like sixteen, seventeen. Mm. But yeah. that being said, Most... with how good he looked at twenty two, you know, maybe he yeah. was. Most of the people who turn IFBB Pro enhanced or go to the Olympia enhanced, chances are they would also, of course, make it as a natural as well. Mm. It's like what we said about Rami, like, you know, Rami as a natural, in a in the different multiverse, you know, he's probably still 100 kilos shredded on stage. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is another genuine question from a listener, and it's also in relation to competing. It's about, could you guys see like an off-season category happening in the future i mean it what? would be a ploy an off-season category like get out there how would the judging criteria go like who gets who looks most head? average yeah yeah who looks the worst like 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 i was saying before the potty started it would need to go like the opposite way instead of like an x frame <clears> it would need to be like a it would need to be like a pair frame like who has <clears> the <throat> biggest stomach to chest ratio I mean, the only time someone's invited on stage for, you know, in, in their off season is guest posting, right? Guest, mm -hmm. guest posing. But 
that's obviously not not critiqued not 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 marked so i i don't personally i don't see the point of adding an off-season uh look to the stage do you guys did you ever see leroy who runs natty news daily or is one of the boys who runs that did you ever see that he I'm not sure if it was his client or just a dude that he knows. I did Maybe when that. he was competing, did like a show in his off season. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. No, What's going I, on? I, I What's going on? That's, I don't know. Especially if you are like, you are a bodybuilder and you have what is your in contest shape look. Like, how would any part of you be like, yeah, no, this is fine. This is okay. I'm just going to hop on stage like 13 years above stage weight. At that show. Like it's sort of just, um, it doesn't, you're not treating it seriously. I find especially like, yeah, it makes a mockery of it in my mm, opinion. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the promoters like, you know, ultimately I guess the, the Federation, they want to showcase the best on that stage too. Like obviously it's, it's paying for a fee to jump on stage, but like, I don't think that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's really the priority of, of the competitors. It's, you know, to showcase the best of the best on your on your stage and therefore that's what attracts like future competitors to compete right so yeah well, I, don't, I don't really see the point of it well tiara and i when we were talking on one of my podcasts had a similar discussion of like should there be a an entry level where you have to be above a certain caliber to just step on stage because and i use the example of like you know even if we compare like a local sport because that's you know bodybuilding is a local show if we compare like for like even if I want to go play like, you know, third division football in Brisbane, like I'm not good enough to play that. So I can't just waltz down and like rock up and be like, oh, can I get in the team today? You know, I have to prove that I'm good enough before they'll let me on the field and before I can get into the team. So like, why is it with bodybuilding that it's just this complete open door policy? Well, that's mm. what the, the pro divs for though, I guess. Like you just can't rock up and do a professional div with like, yeah, but- you know, being a B tier competitor. Whereas like you can still ro- roll up to your football club and, you know, be Does absolutely that mean I'm garbage. I'm still a B tier competitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and you both. Yeah, you guys, you but guys no. are chums, man. No, but, but like, but like you can rock up to your random, random, uh, like, football team and you can still go play for them you might just be on the div s7s you know you'll oh, be playing the basketball mums on with soccer but like you won't be able to step that's what i guess the pro div is it's like you know that's when you've earned the right to step up and verse people i guess in that caliber and do those higher level shows but then it's like okay so we've got pros or it's just like anything goes whereas like no other sport is like that you know it's tiered on purpose and I understand part of that is because there's no money in bodybuilding and like we need, you're never going to turn away an entry, but you know, you do, do you see what I mean? Like it's, there should think, still be a minimum requirement. What are, you, are you going to have an amateurs amateurs or something? And just well, like, then once they win the amateurs, then amateurs amateurs, they can then step it up to the amateurs before they then get the pro card. It's like, is it's, that how it's going to work? Or like, but, are we going to have D tier competitors and then B tier and A tier? Maybe, but no, if there was more numbers, you could, that's the thing. Like if there was more numbers, you could, you could have like a, I don't know, this is a, but like you could have a true regional state and national show where like the national, cause there's nothing stopping me from not dieting for the next 30 weeks and going to nationals. Is there, you know what I mean? Well, interestingly, like in terms of the, the policy on, let's say, for example, the ICN page surrounding like your, your um, entry internationals, like you're supposed to place in a in a category um leading into it so not everybody can just go to go to nationals but i do think that that is quite loosely um it's quite loosely 
like assessed you know what i mean like i feel like anyone mm. could really rock up to nationals if they wanted to and would be invited into the show but the way in which you should do it if you didn't place in like a, a category or sorry a division which i have to double check this because i'm not sure if it's i'm pretty sure it's like any division so it could be like first time as you place in rookies whatever it may be you then have the ability to then go to nationals through a qualification particularly if the state of the national show is in a different state so if it's like in sydney queenslanders would need to place in a in a, in a in a category in order to to get over there um but again that's pretty loosely it's pretty loosely um assessed right i don't think people really pull up your marks and go oh did you actually place or not like yeah i think it's probably just to like maybe but but that's the thing you know like no one's gonna say no oh, sorry mate keep your 400 bucks you're just not quite up to scratch you know, like there's never going to be like going to be the gatekeeper. Are we just going to have T sitting there? Just be like, nah, too fat. Get him yeah, off. Yeah, that's nope. exactly what we're going to. Sorry, you need to be coached be by a set of calipers for your next season. Yeah, yeah. do you have a coach? No, nope. get off. <laughs> so yeah. when you rock up to uh, to registration like the day before to get your like competitor pass, <laughs> that's basically the point where they're like, yeah, we're going to need to see you without like your you know baggy t shirt on, like mm. hiding a tan and stuff. You take it off. They're like, nah, nah, sorry, man. <laughs> Come back next year, eh? Like, you're just not looking the point. <laughs> DC sitting there with his calipers. He's like, all right, walk over to this down lighting, glute spread. No, nah, not good enough. Pinches the glutes. Over 10 mils, get out. Kicks him out the door. <laughs> Four mils or less. Well, I mean, um, it's a great idea, Lawrence, but I, I just don't know how you, you would employ that. Oh, no, and that's the thing. You couldn't yet. It's too small, but I don't know. I think it's more just a a more meta discussion of... You know, it would be nice if the, you know, the stand, well, like any sport, you know, you want to keep raising the standard. I'm sure it'll get there one day where, you know, people are just not going to want to rock up and get obliterated if they're not in shape. So maybe we need to make our own fed called bodybuilding down under. Mm. Yeah, And I will, we will all be unbeaten <laughs> because we'll all be in slightly different categories. We'll be the only entries. Yeah, you're right. So this everyone question. else isn't up to scratch get them out <laughs> well we make the criteria so it's an easy win for us this next one says um basically a, a question around comp day prep so tips around uh, what show day itself entails and what people should be bringing to the show day and watching out for so considering we're only a few weeks away from the first uh shows of the season actually we've already had a show in victoria let's um start discussing this more so i'll let you kick this off dc yeah so i think look as, as a coach i think you'd, you'd always be relaying to your athlete throughout your timeline particularly towards the tail end more sort of surrounding what what that day or what that week in fact will look like with regards to like the peak week protocol but like specifically on the day i think it's always nice to get there you know pr pretty early like obviously if your division is is later in the afternoon I'd still recommend getting there at least a few hours before you plan on getting on stage uh, just because you, you don't really know how the shows are going to run on the day. And I mean, we've seen scenarios and we've even talked about it in the past where competitors have like almost missed jumping on stage because of the timetable changing and just not, not being there at the right time or perhaps just being just that touch late. So I guess you always plan to be just a little bit ahead of time. Um, but in terms of like items to bring on the day, like I have a, a bit of a comp day uh, item checklist that I, I send over to my athletes pretty much at the start of prep. And it's like a tick, tick of the box in terms of a checklist stuff. So, you know, I won't, I won't go through all of it, but I think, you know, if anything, having 
I think firstly, it's nice to like take your bag on, on wheels. So like a luggage bag on wheels, just because in prep, it might be annoying to like lug all your stuff with a really large bag on wheels just makes that a little bit easier to put your feet up on it as well. But um, I think my main recommendation would be to like the stuff that you do get, get, get it, get it dark. So like the, the towels, the linen, like all that stuff go for darker stuff, obviously because of tan, but it's really nice to have like some uh, linen sheets that you can put down, you know, when you find your spot backstage, you know, a pillow, make sure you've got your cooler bag with obviously all your food and stuff as well. Um, obviously like some headphones is always nice. So you can just kind of switch off and concentrate on, on what you need to do, but just other things like, you know, baby wipes for removing tan off your hands. Um, as a female, you obviously need to make sure you've got all your like makeup application stuff, lip gloss, hair extensions, all that sort of stuff. For the guys, it's all, you know, the tanning products. Uh, you might even want something like a tanning mitt to allow for better application of uh, your tan and maybe something even like a, a paint roller. I do see a lot of coaches and even myself and BK have used paint rollers with people in the past because it's just an easier application. Uh, in terms of pump up stuff, I believe at the Queensland show, uh, we'll have some backstage stuff. So resistance bands and all that stuff, but it's always nice to perhaps just bring your own resistance bands and if you've got the luxury of maybe bringing some lighter dumbbells as well, I think that'll be helpful. Just probably make sure you label everything so that it doesn't get uh, lost in amongst everybody else's stuff. Uh, and then obviously like food stuff, right? So maybe like some plastic disposable cutlery, your scales, like your food and your supplements that have been planned out from, from your coach that has sent that through. Cold packs, your frozen cooler bag to keep all your stuff nice and cool. That, that would kind of make up majority of it. You know, maybe some some slong, uh, some some sli slides, sorry, and thongs just to make sure that you're not ruining your tan with shoes, especially if you're, you know, obviously the one some women will require shoes based on being like sports and stuff, but it's always just nice to wear something when you go to the bathroom, right? Yeah, just I mean that's that's mostly what the stuff that I would I would relate to my athletes. I probably haven't left a whole lot of stuff for you guys to talk about, but was there anything that I missed at all? Well, I think he's covered it all. He's left us with absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, me being a bikini girl myself, there's, uh, I guess, like, I would always suggest bringing, like, a spare bikini and heels. I have seen incidents where bikinis have snapped. So having, like, a backup bikini, even if it isn't as top-notch as you'd want it to be, definitely a good little play there. Safety pins and, uh, obviously, tampons as well. Lawrence, you'd know about that. In case you yeah. get a nosebleed. Yeah, <laughs> the nosebleeds I get. Uh, under, because, I mean, I'm going to a failure on all of my sets pumping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> well, DC, you know, miss, you know, a barbell, um, plates. For squat rack. Your three sets of um, 10 on deadlifts. Yeah, a squat rack. Knee sleeves. Yeah, knee sleeves, a belt, a sock. <laughs> um, not, not two, just one. Um, Large or, you sauce. know, in DY's case, like an ankle sock is fine. Yeah, one of those baby <laughs> socks. <laughs> yeah, like, just a little, a mitten. Yeah. Yeah, no, a mitten's normally fine for me as well, to be fair. Um, normally, just like trackies and jumpers are a good one because you're going to be cold, mm. especially like the Sleeman gets quite cold and you're, you know, in comp prep shape. So you're going to be cold regardless. What else is good? Um, I think in terms of actual food options, you know, always probably, you know, bring more of like a carb and a fat source than you might need. So maybe just pack the jar of peanut butter or some lollies, some Gatorades, some salt. That's normally some go-tos. And then I'll normally like, 
prepare a meal to eat afterwards as well. So like prepare with your coach beforehand of how much food you're going to allow after the show day. Because if you're hanging around to watch people, then it can be nice just to be able to get a meal in if you know that you're not going on stage anymore. I think that's probably the majority of the stuff. Yeah, I agree with the sandal call. That's good, DC. I'll be rocking the Crocs this year. So I'm planning on on turning a few heads. Mm. And I guess like when I say like darker linen and stuff, it's just, you know, you don't want to take any nice clothes that obviously you're just going to completely ruin with your tan. Um, also, this is more this is specific to women, but um, is often, often one that's a little bit overlooked. And that's like something like a shiwi. Have you, you've probably spoken to some of your athletes, uh, DY about something like that, which is like a, basically like a travel urinary device for women. So it allows them to be able to go to the bathroom and not, you know, ruin their tan. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's something that, that I'd recommend to, to women to, to look into as well. But, um, that's probably it. Hey, pretty extensive uh, list. There's, there's, I guess like for application before going on stage as well, like for the guys, especially like bodybuilders, DC would have used it. There's that, uh, the spray the hot stuff hot as stuff, well yeah, yeah it gives down. you like a little bit of like a like a sheen slash like increasing vascularity and mm-hmm. maybe for the girls if you're doing like bikini maybe you could use like an oil spray i normally go with like a canola or something like that just to give like a little bit of a pop but other than that i think we've got it all covered mm. would, would a cashew oil work similarly <laughs> almond oil only okay yeah yeah fair enough mm. cool well hopefully the um competitors for this season found that useful so let's move on to this next one, which says, is it beneficial to do a maintenance phase in between bulking and cutting? So this might be a good opportunity just to talk about maintenance phases in general and whether we program them or whether we think they're useful or not. So DY, I'll let you start off with this. Yeah, maintenance phases definitely have their place. It depends on, you know, if you've been cutting for a long time, like, you know, maintenance phase might be good to, you know, just like, drop a little bit of that dieting fatigue before you then increase cows. You could also see how your weight travels once going into the maintenance phase. If you've been in a deficit for a long time, your deficit cows or your maintenance cows might be skewed. So maybe starting at maintenance and then slowly increasing them over time. Another way is also like, you know, maybe if you're in the peak off season and you know, you want to hold a body weight, you don't want to keep increasing the weight every single week. You know, you can maybe run a maintenance phase, try and get the most out of that body weight. Like, you know, for Jack, for example, if he's like 94, he doesn't want to push it much higher. Um, maybe he's making tremendous progress as he is at that body weight, you know, holding there for a couple of weeks, milking as much progress as possible before then increasing the calories again. You know, you have it on both both ends of the scale, like, you know, where you would want to apply it um, and the benefits to applying it as well. Mm. Have you ever done one in your off season, Jack? I know, I think it was AJ. He would get to a point where he would like hold his body weight in the off season before increasing it again. Have you done much of that? Uh, more so unintentionally. Like I had probably like three or four weeks where I was around 94 coincidentally. And I, I'm basically of a similar mind to you in regards to them. Like, I think usually there'll be some sort of biofeedback as to whether one will be necessary. So like in a dieting phase, for example, if someone's acing it and they feel great, then is a maintenance phase really necessary? Like maybe not, but what if they, they're feeling pretty average and therefore maintenance phase might be useful to kind of break things up and similar to a surplus, I'd say as well, because like ultimately we can't ignore that a, a surplus is the most beneficial environment to be gaining muscle but um so again like a maintenance phase could be useful for someone like me who's struggling a little bit with um with appetite so rather than pushing up calories you just hold or even as you said to like 
makes sense if you've, or maybe if you've gained weight a little bit rapidly, so you've gained a kilo in a week as opposed to a month, like you might hold that body weight for an extra three or four weeks to kind of make up for that rapid gain. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I think the utility of something like a maintenance phase is obviously good as a, as a diet break to give you a little bit of a take the foot off the pedal with respect to the dieting dieting phase and sort of help to reduce somewhat the deleterious effects of the diet. Uh, I also think similar to kind of what you mentioned, Jack, like if someone is in the top end, maybe they're up in towards their upper intervention point of, of their gaining phase. So if someone's, you know, let's say for example, I'll, I'll give you an anecdotal example with myself, like my top end in terms of where I sort of sit in terms of gaining is, is pretty much around like 97, 98. That's pretty much where I feel I really need to start implementing a diet phase because I've got no, no hunger, no, no, like, I'm sorry, I've got no hunger whatsoever and I've got, you know, completely satiated. And I also just feel incredibly sluggish. Like I just don't enjoy being that far away from my stage weight. But if it's not viable for me to run something like a diet phase, maybe I have to go away or something like that. I could essentially run something like a maintenance phase and just hold there for a little bit longer until it's a viable strategy to then to then run something like a diet phase. Uh, so you're basically sitting at the top end of, of a gaining phase. Uh, I also think that it's a viable solution for someone who might be injured. So if someone who is injured, uh, let's say, for example, uh, you've got an athlete who maybe sitting up towards that higher intervention point with respect to their, their fat mass, but they've recently undergone an injury. Maybe you've had a, something like a mini cut phase planned, but whilst they're injured, they're not able to train with adequate intensity and volume, probably not adequate to, to therefore run a, a mini, cut, mini cut phase or a dieting phase because they're not able to maintain an intensity and in training that's conducive towards the retention of lean muscle mass. So and it is also maybe not viable to, to push calories up higher because number one, they might be at that upper, upper intervention point. But number two, you know, if they're really not training adequately, are we really partitioning that nutrients towards development of new lean tissue or like physiologic, physiological adaptations to training? So that's when a maintenance phase, I think, might be sort of your best bet until that injury is managed. And then you can select the phase that you move into thereafter. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, another circumstance would just be if someone really isn't as interested in building, like building muscle as a major priority, then hey, you could just stick at maintenance if if you don't want to worry about gaining gaining body fat. And um, to answer the question more directly, like I think it does make sense to do at least some sort of maintenance phase between bulking and cutting. Like you don't just want to hit your peak body weight and then cut the following day ideally anywhere from like one to four weeks. I think more than four weeks is a bit unnecessary, but anything in that within that time frame, I think is suitable to um, hold that peak body weight before you start cutting. So on a somewhat similar note, we have another question from a listener, which says tips for persisting with a mass building phase in summer. So understandably, this might be bit difficult for some people because in summer especially in Australia we we potentially want to look a bit leaner um, and mass building is of course associated with um, some additional body fat gain so how would you um, how do you deal with this yourself Lawrence in uh, in when you're kind of in the depth of an off season in summer oh what a funny question I, I don't know it's like it's one of those things where it almost will answer itself depending on what your goals are like I have probably been, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever been to the beach where I've like been comp lean. I think 
probably this recent summer when I was like, had just finished up a mini cut. I was like, oh, okay, this is all right. Like I look a bit leaner for like the beach in the summer months. But at the end of the day, like you just have to consider what your priorities are. Like if you are going to commit to a massing phase because you need to put on more tissue in your off season, then chances are you're probably not going to have too much of an issue being a little bit softer at the beach. And I guess for as cliche as it sounds, it just comes back to what what is the the goal? Like, what are you hoping to get out of that phase? Because if, you know, perhaps being a bit heavier and a bit softer around those summer months is not something you're willing to put up with, then, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but you you might have to then realize, okay, my ability to put on muscle in that time is not going to be as productive because I'm going to have to be, you know, in a deficit or, or cutting or, or maybe maintaining a leaner body weight during those months so that you can look a bit better on the beach. But I think, you know, if you're someone who's been training for a while and you have a decent amount of muscle mass, your version of like off-season soft is probably still most people's version of like, oh my gosh, this dude is like super jacked and shredded. Like, if you have an outline of abs, people are like, oh my gosh, are you like a bodybuilder? Where it's like, you know, how, how often when you're 12 weeks out, people who are maybe not as entrenched in bodybuilding are just telling you how incredible you look and you're just sitting there going like, oh, I'm actually still quite a long way off like stage conditioning. So, you know, the average person that you walk past is probably still going to think you look pretty good. Um, and that's even if that's something you're considering, because I think most seasoned bodybuilders are, are probably thinking more about the phase of their training rather than, you know, the, the social climate in relation to their, their gaining phases. Yeah. So true. Right. It's all just a matter of priority at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I, I think, I think most top tier bodybuilders and, and no matter what category category you're in, will probably be less emotionally attached to a specific body composition in comparison to, the, the recognition that every body composition, whether it be in a contest prep phase or an off season serves a distinctive purpose. So if you were to constantly run a dieting phase in summer, just out of fear of, of being too, you know, quote unquote soft, like you might, you might sacrifice the results that you could make within that time frame. And like, ultimately, if you're okay with that, then there's actually nothing wrong with that. But if your goal is to, you know, be all in and, and optimize every variable associated with bodybuilding, then maybe you have to sacrifice an extra line on your abdominal section for, you know, a little bit more time spent gaining. Mm. And I mean, that's to say that I think it's, it's all in our own head at the end of the day, because we don't know what um, other people are thinking. And ultimately, people aren't really there on the beach or whatever it may be to kind of assess other people's physiques anyway so i mean that might be why dy goes to the beach but not me i'm there yeah, I, don't, I don't go to the beach at all <laughs> it was funny actually now that you mentioned that when um we wrapped up the wmbf over in um america we decided to go cancun right after i was like man i'm gonna be shredded like you know still somewhat complain and they literally finished up wrapping up an ifbb pro show in the resort that we were staying at so it was just like literally 150 straight ifbb competitors walking around I'm like fuck i was like what are my chances of booking the exact same resort as these ifbb guys are literally running their show at i was like but yeah like i think my being an athlete 
Um, and, you know, obviously being a competitor, my goal at the end of the day drives me more than being somewhat lean for summer. Like in the end, I have everything mapped out till I step on stage. And it's like, if that means that during summer that I'm slightly softer to bring the best possible package to the stage, then that's just something that I'm willing to accept. It's like, you know, if even if it was like, you know, being slightly leaner for a festival or something like that, like, you know, a majority of the time people aren't going to be sitting there like what you said, Lawrence, like, you know, wow, this guy's absolutely like peeled. And it's like a majority of the people don't even see you every single day anyway. It's like, it, it's just, um yeah, 90% of people probably have never seen you shredded. So mm. let alone in peak off season. Yes, I think the the festival, yeah, it's a good it's a good example because it's not like you know there's people sitting there with a scorecard, and it's yeah. like mm, okay, who is the most who is the most the best bodybuilder at Stereosonic this year? I think it's probably this conversation in general is is perhaps more relevant for you know the the males and or females that are looking to attract a mate uh, potentially. <laughs> so like a mating season almost. Mm, mm. Who's got the best pair of TNs, can muzz the best, and mm. uh, is the most shredded. And is wearing pit vipers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the alpha male in that jungle. 100%. That's what they give you the scorecard on. Yeah, could you imagine, like, rocking up to one of those festivals and you're just, like, shredded and all year's like, oh, man, the dude's just, like, got a really underdeveloped lower lat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, really poor insertion. That goes, that's what goes through guy. every bodybuilder. Yes, this man's really been lacking the single arm iliac lat pull down. Like you can just see it in the lower lats. Yeah, it just doesn't. He doesn't. Obviously, this guy just doesn't follow Coach Cassim. Just doesn't do any yeah. of those iliac pulls. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, and then he's got no mate for the whole year. It's like it's pointless going to the festival. Yeah, you just imagine that sort of commentary in like a David Attenborough voice. <laughs> that would be so good. I'd pay yeah, for yeah. that. <laughs> So a question around your guys' uh, nutrition, like how often do you like switch up your meals or do you guys stick to the same thing on a very regular basis? Oh, he's gone off the script, boys. Uh, Wait adding a in extra questions, not full crap. <laughs> I probably normally have like around three to four meals that I'd probably rotate in between. Like for a lunch, it would be like maybe like a steak and rice meal next one might be like a wrap and then the other one might be Is like just steak and rice uh you pr pretty much it's like an uncle ben's bag of rice with a bit of rump steak so i'm a man of efficiency but it depends it's like i normally have like three juice. meals yeah, yeah, yeah exactly because otherwise i'm not getting my veg intake throughout the day yeah. those Unless rices have those like tomato bits in it yeah <laughs> uh, exactly and the the base on the pizza is actually tomato base so mm. i count 75 grams of that like you know we're nearly looking at a whole serving of veg right there so and your chips covered. as well exactly. your oven baked chips yep yeah exactly so i normally have like three to four meals that i'll probably rotate through each like either lunch or dinner and then, you know, I roughly know the macros to them as well. So I'll go roughly off that, but I don't have a set meal plan. And like, so you I, won't, the, like you won't actually actively track them. Like you'll just, you I, know I won't track them until the, the end of the day. I, I won't track. I'll pull up my, my fitness pal at like 6 PM at night or whatever. And then I'll figure out what my last meals macros are going to be. And normally I'll have still a decent amount of macros, like at least 30 fat, maybe like 150 carb and like 50 protein. So then I can just kind of mix match whatever I want to make it fit. What about breakfast? Is, is that is that usually the same for you? Well, I've actually been converted. I've been. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm having the Milo cereal with the protein <laughs> shake at the moment, just out of pure convenience. It is just so Nothing's convenient. Good to taste. 
Howard. Uh, no, yeah, it's it's just so convenient. I'm here like, I wow, am. Here I am having. Here I am having chicken and chicken and rice for breakfast because <laughs> we were we were brothers, mate. You uh, yeah. see, on an island. You've been cheating on me with the the protein and cereal. What's going on? Well, apparently my teriyaki marinade isn't allowed on the chicken and rice meal. Apparently it's got to be bland. So I had to swap <laughs> to the Milo cereal, but just out of convenience, it is so good. You don't uh, the teriyaki the on protein that Milo one though. No, I don't get the protein Milo. I go like good. the Optimum Nutrition discount code Alana ten. Um, and then I normally mix it with like full cream milk or something like that. And I just have like, yeah, Milo and goes down a treat, you know, perfect two hour out pre pre-training meal. Um, doesn't taste as good as chicken and rice though. Have you That's tried good. putting the teriyaki over the Milo and whey? Yeah, I have, but I found that caramel sauce is probably just a bit better. Mm, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I've just been super bored with my meals. Hey, like, I think I'm just ready to cut and I just like, don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just like, Four I don't know if I... cream of rice yeah like cream of rice like sometimes twice a day and i don't know if it's just the just been in the off season and even like this stage i've like been maintaining for probably like a month now and it's just like i'm i'm just ready to change it up because most days even just like the preparing of the meals i'm just like Ugh, like this is just such a seed whereas i know at least when it's like prep mode and it's like oh okay you know we can maybe make some different stuff and you know, it's going towards something a bit more immediate. I think that'll be good. But like so often at the moment, like if I'm getting ready for work, I'll just grab like three tins of like the John West salmon, put a few slices of bread in like a container and then I'll just like make toasties when I get to work. That's probably one of the more enjoyable. having um, on camera today? Well, that was toast with something. Yeah, that was actually baked beans. Oh, baked beans on toast. Yeah. I had I had my cottage cheese off camera for my MPS spike, and then. Well, technically, it would have been a complete protein with the beans and the and the bread anyway. Okay, thank goodness. I thought you said that. I I thought you were going to say it's all ruined anyway because I didn't eat them together. I could see his delts dissipating as you're speaking. Well, I mean, yeah, there yeah. are there are lectins in the beans, so like apparently, according to some nutritionists, you're in deep trouble there. Lectins. Yeah. So, oh, was this old mate on the video the other day? He didn't <laughs> yeah, that's any one thing he mentioned. Yeah, TV. the lectins—they will attack you, <laughs> bro. Those lectins can come get the smoke. I'm ready. The lectins about to it's, catch these hands if they're not it's, careful. It's, it's the mold that you really got to watch out for because, like, when you consume it, it will just kind of grow inside your stomach and <laughs> within a week. Within a week, you're dead because it's yeah. It's like the they Last make, of Us. They make that butter off the ground, obviously. Those, Have you watched uh, that? Those those uh, carbohydrate binding proteins, man. They'll uh, they'll get you. They will. Have you watched that, Jack? I have. I like it. Yeah, the first mm. half of the season was definitely better than the last half, but um, I like Pedro Pascal. So oh man, he's killing it at the moment. He's in like yeah. well, two of the biggest shows in the world, just putting on a clinic. Are you, any of you boys up to date with Mandalorian? I need to start the latest season. Yeah, is it yeah. good? Yeah, it's really good. Well, first episode was a little bit slow, but second episode was superb. Mm. I've watched the first not. the first episode. I don't think I watched the second. Was it Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the Mandalorian. Yeah. No, it's SpongeBob, not Star Wars. Yeah. What are you what are you watching at the moment, DC? Um we just watched Attack on Titan, the newest episode of Attack on Titan. Oh yeah. A few of my mates are into that. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're up to it's up to like the last season right now. And the season's what's well, actually sort of the second part of the season, but it's broken up into two large episodes. So 
we sort of got a tease of like the first the first episode and then the second one's coming out in like kind of like a movie length which is like end of the year so <laughs> and that's anime hey yeah that's anime yeah yeah but uh, other than that we're watching uh house of dragons we're a bit late to the party so we watched that recently and then we obviously watched last of us as, as well and just a touch of mandalorian what do you think of the casting of um ellie i think because i've played the game and i absolutely love love the games um like she she obviously looks a little bit different to what what the character is in the game which i can understand for some would look at her and be like okay that doesn't really vibe with me but she plays it really well i think she mm. plays the 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 role really well yeah i think so i think too. the more she the more the more you get acclimated to her in her role the more you accept i think her as as the character so i think she does i think she's she's fine she's great and what about your meals how often are you switching them around not not very often um there's probably about three three meals that nicole and i rotate between for like dinners lunches i keep pretty pretty similar and, and breakfasts are all, almost identical every day just because i always wake up with the intention of like getting to work straight away so it's usually l- breakfast and lunch is a more convenience based thing and um and then dinner is something that we might have together but nicole is mini cutting right now so my dinners look a little bit different to hers mm. so, um yeah you do have usually have Milo cereal, right, for breakfast? No, I have neutral grain cereal. All right. Yeah. With I the was whey? trying to get you with the reverse psychology, but with the whey? Yeah. Do you have whey with it? No, no, I don't. What do you have as a protein serving? I'll usually punish like 150 grams, so that's usually about 40 grams, 40 grams of protein with skim milk. So that's usually about like 45-ish grams of protein there. You'll punish it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't eat it. Just, just punish that neutral grain. Okay. Yeah. But- but- punches it in the bag and then pours it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so- mean, I punish mine more because I blend it, so I get much more. Um, it's always a competition with Jack, isn't it? Like, dude, you know- honestly, he's all about it, eh? And he ma- made Tierra take that photo of the Tesla this week, forced her to put it on her story. Just typical. Jack I actually had a question about the fish. Mm. When Tierra puts it on the grill, they don't look like boned or anything. That's just her preference. Like we, she descales them and she guts them and whatever. But yeah, she, that's just how I think she just likes to eat it in that sort of fashion. Plus, like if you really want to fillet them, you, the fillets are pretty uh, peasant-like. So there's almost not much point filleting them. Better just to kind of eat them, eat them whole. Or better to just get a fish fillet from McDonald's. Yes. Mm. Have any, I don't know if we've spoken about the fish fillet, but it geez, fish, isn't it? Dude, that's a terrible, terrible thing to eat. It's shocking. I've never eaten it, but if you pull up to Mickey D's and you're ordering a (laughs) show fillet, you got something wrong. (laughs) Imagine how old, like that fish that's in there is probably caught in like 2007. Let's be fair. You've got to be a desperate pescatarian to go there. I feel like then you should be the person. I feel like even the person at at the cashier is like, you're like, oh, can I please get a fillet of fish? And they're like, are you high? Like, do you sure you, you want that? Was that a correct order? You're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I want the fillet of fish. And then you, you, roll up, you roll up to the door and they're just giving you the side eye. Like, the fuck? Are you sound like, of mind? They're like, go park for 10 minutes. We'll bring one out. We didn't have anyone pre-cooked because no one orders that shit. <laughs> and then they go back to everybody else working there. They're like, get a load of this guy. Ordering it must be, yeah. Quick, it get must his be number plate. Quick, get his number plate. Look at his mug. DY fit. <laughs> Ordering a fillet of fish. Well, I reckon you get put on some sort of watch list if they get your number plate and you've ordered yeah. one of those. 
the government are at least aware. <laughs> Catch more criminals doing that than anything else. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Are you still enjoying the fishing though, Jack? You like it? Yeah, I, I honestly like it a lot. Um, we're getting we're getting more proficient at it, so we're catching more things, and yeah, it's just a good way to get outside and um, be away from technology. My phone, I don't bring my phone with me usually, and mm-hmm. we actually got may have stormed for you guys on Sunday, like it stormed really heavily yeah. over here, and we caught out there in the in the lightning storm, which was uh, pretty pretty uh, scary, but also fun at the same time. And there's always that calmness after the storm, which uh, was... Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Where'd you get that quote from? (laughs) That's on like a live life, love decal. (laughs) Or a 40-year-old woman's lounge room. Isn't it? Can you see the sign behind Jack just there? Yeah, yeah. 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 Right behind me for all my clients to see. How do you guys go with like putting your phones down before bed? Do you have like a cutoff time? Because I've been trying to implement like just because you just like just get stuck looking at you just like why am i even on here like it's it's just pointless especially if like gemma's got some like uni stuff to do and i'm just kind of sitting there i'm just like oh yeah i'll have a scroll but just offering me nothing and i found the nights where i put it down sooner my sleep is a lot better do you guys have anything you implement Mm, yeah i would say quite similarly like I'm, i'm very similar if i spend too much time looking at my screen scrolling before bed like it'll definitely impact the quality of my sleep i've just noticed i wake up feeling more groggy than if i've sort of darkened the room spent less time looking at screens and read something or you know just tried to switch that off a little bit earlier i could also be the the 17 beers (laughs) i could be the grogginess dc there you go yeah a couple of the bottles are red he's out (laughs) i can't think of anything worse than drinking that aids water (laughs) Uh, that's god's liquid watch your mouth (laughs) speaking in the presence of lawrence here far out goodness me i'm glad it's not actual red wine when we take communion i don't know if i could do it do you guys sleep with (laughs) with your phones like next to you like on your bedside table or in a separate area nah liver king mate doesn't get in the room really no no i'm joking it's next to me <laughs> I've actually got it. I'm I'm cuddling it instead of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friend. Nah, yeah. I pretty much am on my phone like nearly to bed. Like I don't know, like maybe an hour out, I'd probably maybe drop it off. But honestly, I just kind of, if a client needs me at ten, you know, they need me at ten. Now <laughs> it is no time off, always grinding. Yeah, that's my <laughs> quote behind me anyway. Well, <laughs> all right. Hashtag no days off. That's that's the sign behind you, right? That's probably one thing I do struggle with is like trying to like separate, like getting away from my phone. Like if I see a message come through, even though it might be on like a Sunday night, like I'll still reply to it. I don't know. It's probably like, <laughs> but at like 10 PM, like what would, like, what could they, what could be so important that it, it's, it's worth you pulling yourself away from like relaxing. Dan, I fell into a KFC bucket and I just have to get on there, mate. <laughs> mate, it happens to the best of us. Happened to me today. Like, you know, <laughs> Not, nothing unusual. Got to got to reassure them that like the buckets do come around and they do lay in your house. <laughs> Pull up to the door with some lad knocking on your door saying, "Hey, your order's here." And it's like you know, oh, but like I, I don't think it's too serious. Like sometimes I like read it like the brief message and it's like if it's nothing crazy, I'll just leave it to the morning. But like it's like, hey, could you help me with something real quick? I'm like, all right, well, quickly I'll have a look at it. But sometimes yeah. it's also just the act of getting it done as well, and then 
that way it's more proficient to if you if you're literally doing nothing on the couch then you may as well answer it that's kind of how i look at it as well like for example mm-hmm. some people might i might tell them like hey send me your my fitness pal like over the next couple of days just so i can have a look over it to ensure like all the tracking is correct and they might send it to me at like nine ten o'clock at night it's like if i'm sitting there and i'm not really doing too much or maybe having like a meal or something i'll just quickly look over it but yeah i mean nine o'clock at night that'd be meal eight for you yeah yeah no days off like i told you man i do think that like burnout is a real thing so if you don't if you don't have i mean we preach to our athletes and our clients all the time about the importance of having balance and like allocating some time for yourself outside your identity as a bodybuilder like as a coach we i think we also need to preach that so like i think it's totally fine to reply to emails at you know quote unquote inconvenient times of the of the night or the morning whatever it may be but as long as you can recognize that that's not taking away from time for you or perhaps to spend with your partner as well. Cause I think that's, that's one of the things like you may not realize that that's actually the case. Like you are burning out as a response to not allowing yourself time, you know, like Jack, you're great at what you do. Cause you, you've got some time to like go and, you know, fish and do like hobbies outside of like bodybuilding. I think that that's, that probably portrays a great message to a lot of your athletes too, about the importance of, having some downtime as well. Like no doubt during, whilst you're doing that, you're not pulling your phone out and looking at, you know, Instagram or, or things like that. Right. So, yeah, I think as a, as a coach, it's important to obviously answer to your, your athletes and in a timely manner and everything like that, but also like you need to respect your time as well. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of, you know, our athletes as a whole and your athletes would, would respect knowing that you have your downtime as well. Yeah, totally. I think, uh, Often, often clients are sometimes a bit too worried to feel like they are disturbing us. So sometimes there's, you need to find that balance with them too and kind of encourage them to speak out because there will be those clients who want to say something, but then they're a bit scared to inconvenience us. But ultimately, that's our job. And it's up to us to kind of decide when we answer based on what works best for our schedule. But at the same time, you don't want to be that coach who who waits three and a half days to get back to a message. Absolutely. Yeah, it's finding a balance. Mm. Cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, Something I was actually going to mention at the end is like, I think Spotify has a, a new feature where you can ask questions or something now. So if we can get that up and running, then it might be a good option for you guys to leave some questions over on Spotify. And um, until then, we'll see you guys next week. 